You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen! It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. And with that, Ben, the Eagles season is officially over for all rights purposes. It, it, it's a 37 to 17 death knell of a loss to the Dallas Cowboys that moves the Eagles to 4, 10, and 1. Welcome into the Kist and Solak show. There is much to do to fix this team and talk about, but for now, there is still one more game left to go with playoff implications for the rest of the NFC East, really, who is now limping to the finish line. Dallas is still alive. Washington is still alive. New York is still alive. Stick a fork in the Eagles, though. Eat Arby's. Ben, how you doing, Go brother? birds, baby. Man. <laughs> okay. Would be interested in your thoughts as well as the listeners' thoughts. What was the most irrational thing that passed through your mind when the Eagles went up 14-3 after that Deshaun Jackson pass? I was actually thinking back to last year. Remember when people were like, man, well, what if the Eagles get Deshaun back for the playoffs? Like they could actually make a run. I'm like, right. (laughs) No, for me, it was, oh, it'll be good to have Deshaun back for the playoff game. That was the thing I thought in my head, like earnestly. I was like, (laughs) I didn't think about this now, but he'll be valuable to have in the playoff game. And I was like, oh, no, you shouldn't be thinking that just yet, sweetie. (laughs) And it turns out you shouldn't have. Uh, Yeah, no, Eagles. would go on to score three points after that thought, uh, and the Cowboys would go on to score 34. Is that suboptimal? Yeah, once you realize that the Eagles could literally not cover whoever Michael Jaquette was covering. I mean, they got three wide receivers out there. He got one corner to deal with them. That's just, it's just not, that's just not how things are going to work. And Ben, uh, l- let me see if I have the playoff implications for the NFC right here as we kind of set the table yeah. for for this. If Washington loses to the Eagles, it comes down to Cowboys-Giants. Is that the perfect way to boil it down, or am I missing something? If Washington beats Philadelphia, they win the division. Right. If Washington loses, the winner of Giants-Cowboys wins the division. Yeah. Everybody is on the table, save for the Eagles. Now, (laughs) what would be the most hilarious outcome? This is really what we're looking at here, right? (laughs) If it's so... It's been a while. The Eagles and the Cowboys have largely been exchanging uh, NFC championships right over the last several years. Uh, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys the last four years. Washington in 2015 and in 2012. You have to go back to 2011 to find a Giants NFC East win. Uh, You also have to go back to 2011 to find the Eagles sweeping the Cowboys in the regular season in case anyone was wondering. They haven't won 2-0 against the Cowboys since 2011. That's nuts to me. Anyway, that 2011 season, the Giants would go on to you know, win the Super Bowl. So I'm rooting for Giants. I think it'd be great if we got a little Daniel Jones, Wayne Gallman as the primary offense. Oh. Like, okay, and also... I, I, think- I like it because that probably, does it save Dave Gettleman's job? Because that would be absolutely hilarious oh, I don't think me. I don't think Dave Gettleman's job is even in jeopardy. This is the New York which, Giants we're talking about. Which is wild, number yeah. one, that Howie Roseman's job is not in jeopardy, despite the mess that the Eagles are currently in. And then also Dave Gettleman mm-hmm. is not in jeopardy after what? What is he like 14 and 33 or like something right. like that since becoming the GM for the Giants? Uh, the I don't know, but your <laughs> your uh, your Howie Roseman jeopardy thing brings up to an interesting point that I was thinking yeah. about Eagles 2020 draft class. We're now 16 games through the season. We have one more game left. Which rookie are you most excited about moving forward? On the Eagles from this draft class? Yes. I asked that because, boy, I don't... Okay, so... So, for those who don't remember, 
Jalen Rager in the first round, Jalen Hurts in the second round, Davian Taylor in the third round, Kayvon Wallace in the fourth round, along with Jack Driscoll, fifth round John Hightower, sixth round Sean Bradley, Quez Watkins, Prince Dago and seventh round Casey Tuhill, who is now on the Washington roster. I would I would like to say that, I mean, I think you know my feelings on Jalen Rager, and they're not great, nor are they nice. And, you know, he, he's got to kind of show me something before this season ends. He's got very little time to do it. I would like to say that it's Jalen Hurts. I would like to say I'm excited about that. I'm still of the mind that they need to move on from Carson Wentz, eat the hit up front, deal with it next year, and then come mm-hmm. back in 2022 with some actual you know maneuverability with the cap. That said, I don't know if Hurts is in fact the guy. And look, this was like a bad Hurts game, but it was kind of like a pretty normal Hurts game well, with a different thing, game script. Right. It was the same Hurts game for 95% of it. And then instead of getting touchdowns on third and 22, he was throwing <laughs> interceptions. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. late down 13, he was pressing the ball and he was making throws that he shouldn't have been attempting. And, you know, the Cowboys were dropping eight on him, dropping seven on him, spying him, forcing him to attempt the ball downfield. And it wasn't going well. The, the average Hurts play in this game was exactly the same as the average Hurts play in the Cardinals game and the Saints game. Median Hurts performance was exactly the same. It was the high leverage plays that went completely the other direction. Right. And not totally, right? I mean, there was a first and 10, 81-yard touchdown in case anybody missed that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's a very high-leverage play that Jalen Hurts made. It was a tremendous design, tremendous execution to Sean Jackson's backs. You're not throwing that ball to John Hightower anymore. And that you get that successful downfield pass. And so, when we talked about Hurts' five passing touchdowns all coming on third and fourth down last week in the in the recap of the Cardinals game, this is kind of what you were looking at. It was saying, all right, his great plays are coming right on the edge of disaster. And mm-hmm. that's not a sustainable way to have great plays. Right. He he continues to have quality plays that aren't such, you know, first and 10 scrambles that pick up, you know, chunk gains. He had the downfield pass to Quez Watkins, you know, off of the scramble where he kept his eyes up. He could have very easily, you know, scrambled for six, but he stayed behind the line of scrimmage, found a deep pass. Like, that's great stuff. You know what I mean, he, he, he had quality plays as he's had the last couple of weeks. And he had... You know, on on his almost scored touchdown run where he lit Jordan Lewis's chandelier on the nearby lawn, he had Miles Sanders wide open, primary read, just didn't throw it to him. Yeah, I mean, third and four, he had Alshon Jeffrey on a slant backside, which should be where you get to if your front side's covered. He just doesn't look at it. He just runs out of the pocket. Right. Uh, So the, the good plays remain, the bad plays remain. In the short term, you wish he was better in the high leverage moments because then you win. Long term, if unless you were like, oh, Jalen Hurts is clearly the quarterback of the future, then your optimism about what he can be probably shouldn't change that much, right? right? You probably should feel just about as good as you did with him, which for us is a little bit suspicious, but a little bit pleased uh, as, as you did after two weeks. Which is the way you framed it to me yesterday, like what's your confidence in Hurts being like a 10-year starter in the NFL? And I was, you know, from a scale from one to 10, I was at a four. I still think I'm yeah. a four. Like this doesn't swing the pendulum too far did to I me. Did I say 10-year starter? I think you said 10-year starter. I thought I said like, like two or three, whatever. <laughs> I think I said start multiple seasons. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But look at, looking at it, like, again, this doesn't swing things too harshly for me. I thought a lot of the same problems. The, I mean, the fumbles, still there. What, seven fumbles in three games? Even the one that, that shouldn't have been a fumble, but, like, the ball was still kind of coming loose as he's coming to the ground. Ball security is an obvious issue. Even on mm-hmm. the touchdown that got reversed, the ball was coming out on contact. Like, that is right. an issue for him. Reading yeah. in the middle of the field and, and whatnot. And again, the the bomb is beautiful. And I thought he had a really good, what, quarter and a half, whatever the case may be. I thought he made some really nice plays. And I still think he can make some really nice plays. I'm just not sold on his long-term viability. And I'm concerned at the fact that I, I actually hope that Hertz would play better. So it would make it easier for the Eagles to move on from Wentz and right. hit the reset on this entire roster. Because without that confidence, they may not. And the Eagles may be stuck unless we see some historic step up from Carson Wentz back to his 2017 form uh, that I don't think is happening. Unless that happens, like the Eagles are screwed for multiple years. So I want Hurts to succeed. I want Hurts to be better. I am not down on him more than I was before this game. I'm not more up on him, obviously. But I mean, it's just I'm not sold on anything and it just completely muddles the pictures for the Eagles and and looking towards the future. Right now, the Eagles own the sixth pick in the NFL draft. However, things, you know, shake out in the next week, they could own anything from the third overall pick 
to the tenth overall selection. So I'll put it. Can't to this get one. nineteen anymore though. So that's a win. Right. That actually <laughs> is uh, a big time W. But looking at that, Ben, I think I've asked you this before, and you and you kind of waffled on it and whatnot. If the Eagles trade Wentz, are you seriously considering a quarterback? If let's say the Eagles end up with third overall, fourth overall, fifth overall, and it's probably what. Like, okay, so Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one. Zach Wilson probably goes number two because it's Jaguars and Jets, right? And then mm-hmm. now you get into, like, the muddy part where not every team needs a quarterback or the Bengals and you're just hoping your quarterback can, like, recover and all that stuff. Maybe the Falcons take one, but let's say you move ahead of them. Like, do you do you take a shot at Justin Fields? Do you take a shot at Trey Lance? Or do you trade back knowing that you have so much of this roster to rebuild? Because looking at this team – did you see some of the players that were out there on the field today? I don't know what a Joe Bacci is. No Bocci. idea. Bacci. I don't Joe even know Bocci. how to pronounce it. Like, I'm sure he's a I nice think. young man and loves his mother and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, come on, man. We have Michael Jaquette out there. Can't cover Michael Gallup to save his life. Actually got put on his butt by an Amari Cooper release. Like, he had yeah, poor, no... Poor shot out there poor young man so he, like, he what, legitimately what played like admirably well like head above water best of a bad situation against deandre hopkins against deandre hopkins yeah and then the 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 cowboys watched that film and there's like there's no way he does this again and <laughs> he couldn't it's just it's very sad the best part about michael jaquette playing so poorly was one jonathan vilma the color commentator who was, was the color terrible. commentator uh saying early like in the first second drive you know jim schwartz is who he is and, and he loves man and he's gonna run man like meanwhile jim schwartz has primarily been his own coverage defensive coordinator for the majority of his career it doesn't matter he loves man he's gonna run man and and he told that rookie you know we're gonna do man you do your best and you gotta you know i'm not gonna change for that and then jakesh is getting murdered and jonathan was like this is who jim schwartz is it's like maybe jim schwartz should be something different my dude um and then the Eagles play invert two and get a Darius Slay interception. And it's Which just one? like, yeah, invert two is better than man coverage with who they had. Oh, they also finally figured out they, they could put Jalen Mills on the outside, which they usually are like, oh, we have an injury. You know what the solution here is? Play Jalen Mills. <laughs> but this and they're just like, well, we're going to give Jaquette another possession. It's like, all right. It, was, anyway, it was so yeah. weird, though, because Ben, remember the, the Saints game where the Eagles like played a bunch of zone and it worked really well. And, and like I asked because like, what the hell happened to that? Like. There was so much man coverage in this game and they could not have thought for like, okay, we all talk about like halftime adjustments and Jim Schwartz even says that's like, like it's like a BS narrative or whatever. How do you go through a quarter and a half and still like, hmm, I, I'm going to see where this thing goes with Michael Jaquette. Well, that, that's Michael the Cameron. thing is that's, that's why like when he played major majority zone against the Saints and Taysom Hill, it was like, wow. That's awesome because he's acknowledging and, and like, but like we're True. laughing, but also we're not yeah. because that was a big deal. You, you have a quarterback in Taysom Hill who loves to break the pocket, loves to run much like Jalen Hurts does. So you play zone, you get all of your second level players have eyes on him and it's much easier to react to him. And even then he gets outside of the pocket in that game against the Saints, they had Darius Slay, Nick Roby Coleman and Avante Maddox for a good part of it. And I remember when it like Mike Clay of ESPN was like, yo, the Eagles played a ton of zone. I was like, oh, that was probably early that or early. They probably played man. And then they probably switched to zone once Kayvon Seymour had to come in for Avante Maddox. Right? right. And Clay was like, no, they were just zone the whole time. And it was like, wow, this is him saying, even with my starters available, I'm going to call the defense relative to the offense I'm playing. Mm. And then since then, he's been like, and we're never, ever going to do it again. It's like, yes. what? And it worked. Like, we can man up against Amari Cooper, four catches, 121 yards. We can man up against Michael Gallup, six catches, 121 yards, two touchdowns. We can man up against CeeDee Lamb, three catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. What are you thinking? And, and like, they just avoided Darius Slay, right? Like, Slay gave up one third down conversion catch, and then he had the interception. Those were, I think, his only two targets. You don't have to target Slay when you can target Michael Jaquette. And Nickel Roby Coleman, who just, like... Isn't real. Yo, the the one, okay, the one, was it the CD Lamb? The CD Lamb? Lamb touchdown, yes. The, the, he's the, like, the he one. runs a wheel, and Nick Roby Coleman's like, I didn't know you could do that from the slot. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, man, that's how this goes. I actually thought that was really well set up by Dallas, because when he motioned, I'm like, oh, they're going to try to get a rub, and it's going to be a quick flat route to CD. And Nickel was like, okay, yeah, this is definitely going to be a flat route, and tried to wall it off. Like, he was like a linebacker on the inside, trying to, like, wall off a shallow crossing route. And man, did he get he get fooled on that one. But I thought it was a really nice design. But at the same time, again, 
look at this defense, Ben, kind of resetting to, to where, what we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. There's no corner two. There's no corner three. The safety position is just like, what the heck is there? Because it can't be Jalen Mills for the rest of the future. It can't be like, I'm actually like low key, like, okay with Marcus Epps sometimes, but like as a safety no. three, not as a starting safety, like the guy's not afraid to, to mix it up and whatnot. I thought he had a pretty bad game mm-hmm. last week too with some missed tackles, but still he's not a starter. Rodney McLeod tears his knee up again. That's an issue. Like, there's so – and the whole linebacking core. I mean, come on. Right. There's so many Alex issues. Singleton had, like, two explosive unblocked tackles, so we're going to do a whole other week of Alex Singleton's <laughs> linebacker of the future. And it's like, guys, <laughs> you got, we, we got to want more than this. Like, yes. you got – right? I was thinking about that with, with the corner thing, right? Like, Darius Slay is the best corner the Eagles have had in the last four years, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and corner two and corner three are so bad. And it's like, oh, you know, Jim Schwartz is a good defense coordinator. The Eagles get a ton of pressure and they put a ton of money in their defensive line. So we we got to tell somebody that we've got standards at the secondary too. Yeah. Like you can't just keep being like, look at, look at, look at how good they are at rushing the passer. It's like, that wasn't interesting to me about Jim Schwartz's defense in 2017. In 2017, we were like, yeah, but there's problems. And for the last four years, they've been like, look at, look at the pass rush. Oh, look at little pass rush. He's so good. It's like, yeah, you guys spent $150 million on it. Can you please get a corner? Right. I mean, look at, look at any of these covered three gurus that come out when they don't have an elite pass rush. Look how those defenses look, man. Right. Like any defensive coordinator looks awesome when you could get home with four. Right. It, like, like when a defensive coordinator says we're going to get pressure with four, what that <laughs> means is we're going to spend an exorbitant amount of money right. and then I'm going to claim the credit for it <laughs> what, you're not doing anything you're not bringing anything to the table for like what are you adding to this and and when you throw in the fact that schwartz just refuses to play rookies right like he had rudy ford marcus epps taking snaps before Kayvon wallace mm. mike here, here we're, we're gonna run a little quick quiz for you how many snaps did rudy ford have on defense this year before this week oh man i'm gonna say like 25 zero oh jeez. he had not taken a snap on defense <laughs> All season, he's a special teamer. And they're like, and Kevin Wallace says Wallace played great. Like he's over the last few weeks, Wallace been a sub package player. Has he been great? No. Has he been bad enough such that you would like bench him for Rudy Ford? Absolutely not. Mm. Um. All right. Next, next quiz question for you. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles played Michael Jaquette, Grayland Arnold Ugh. in the secondary this week. And obviously, they had uh, Kayvon Seymour in the secondary over the last couple of weeks. All of them are undrafted rookies. Michael Jaquette, Kayvon Seymour, Graylin Arnold. Okay. The schools oh, are no. USC, Baylor, and Louisiana Lafayette. Can you match those three players to the schools they came from? I want to say that Graylin Arnold is Louisiana Lafayette. Okay. Is that right? I'm not telling you. You match the three, and I'll tell you. Okay. Kayvon Seymour, USC. Okay. And who was the third one in the, in the other Jaquette school? Jaquette and Baylor. So Jaquette would be Baylor. Is that correct? You were one for three. <laughs> <laughs> Graylin uh, Arnold. Okay. Bonus points. Kevon Seymour was at, on the Panthers at one point? Or Kevon another? Seymour was on the Panthers. Hey. Yes. He's been in the league for like four years. Uh, but he was at a USC. <laughs> Michael Jaquette was Louisiana Lafayette. Graylin Arnold was from Baylor. Okay. Who's, what's, a, what's a Joe Bocci and where is he from? Yes. Okay. So Joe Bocci was added off of blank teams practice squad <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. And it's an interesting and important team that. He, uh, so so it was one of the Eagles last four opponents that Joe Bocci was added from. Can you remember which team it was? I'm having a hard time remembering the, remembering the Eagles, Eagles last four opponents have been the <laughs> Packers, the Saints, the Cardinals and the Cowboys. Which practice squad was Joe Bocci on before the Eagles poached him? Maybe the Cowboys because their secondary is so bad, too. No, he was on the Saints practice squad. Goodness. Joe Bocci came from Michigan State, which undrafted free agent rookie defensive tackle is also from Michigan State and is also on the Eagles roster. T.Y. McGill? No, it's Raekwon Williams. T.Y. McGill's (laughs) been here for like multiple years. (laughs) Yes. So the point of this exercise, for as much as we rip on Jim Schwartz, there's only so much chicken salad you can make. Uh, And while the effort to make the chicken salad was perhaps lacking... You know, th- this was a game 
that you expected uh, i wrote about in in uh three numbers to watch for this was going to come down to cowboys receivers against eagles defensive backs that was going to be the deciding factor in this game nothing jalen hurts could do nothing running game whatever the eagles were gonna have to get stops against one of the best receiving cores in the league with a very depleted back seven and they didn't uh and, and that more than anything else more than than the offense running stagnant more than continued special teams blunders so on and so forth uh what was the issue for the eagles they, they gave up 37 points to dallas uh, and Dallas has been playing better recently. You know, we talked about that as well. Um, but, you know, the 37 points is a lot for an Andy Dalton-led offense with a bad offensive line. And so there you go. That, that That's the nature of being so banged up at the end of the year. That, that's kind of the the long and the short of the loss is that those injuries in the secondary uh, are, are so debilitating. Uh, I never answered your quarterback question. Yeah. And I, do, I don't remember the last time you asked it to me, but I imagine I was... You said I whiffle waffled, which, you know, sometimes I do that, but <laughs> I, uh, I I don't think I did. And I still don't now. If you're in the top five, you take a quarterback. Absolutely. Mm. A, you don't anticipate being in the top five next year. No, no team is like, right, well, we'll just get a quarterback next year. Next right. year, you don't plan on being high enough to draft a quarterback without trading up. So if you're there, that's unfortunate, but you got to look into it. That's number one. Number two, what did this team say when they drafted Jalen Hurts? That they are a quarterback factory. Right. They said so that, that no team has gotten more out of the backup quarterback position than the Philadelphia Eagles. No team better understands the value of the backup quarterback position than the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we want to be a, a quarterback developing team. We want to. We believe that adding to the quarterback room helps develops the quarterback with, develop the quarterbacks within the quarterback room. Right. We, uh, we believe in making a strong room full of high caliber, talented, high character people. Uh, you know. They so they've made it clear that they are willing to go out on a limb for quarterback talent more so than any other team. They're willing to spend more capital than any other team on the quarterback position. Okay, so you've got maybe a starter in Carson Wentz, maybe a starter in Jalen Hurts. Should either one of those players or the combined promise of both players, if they remain on your roster, prevent you from adding a quarterback? No, they, 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 when they, they came into the 2016 season, they traded up for Wentz and signed Chase Daniel with Sam Bradford on the roster. And they were like, yeah, we have three quarterbacks. We feel like we could start right now. Mm -hmm. And then Bridgewater goes down. They trade Bradford and they choose to start Wentz over Daniel. And Wentz has his rookie season and it's quite promising. And like, should you anticipate a major quarterback injury and trade every camp? No, that's not a great way to make decisions, but you're going to sit there with assuming one of Trey Lance, Justin Fields, or Zach Wilson will be on the clock, if not two of them, and you're going to say, all right, we're definitely not going to take him because there's a chance we can get a good offense out of Jalen Hurts. There's a chance we can get Carson Wentz back. The way this team thinks they can wheel and deal quarterbacks, absolutely. I think they're going to seriously consider taking one, uh, and I would not be surprised if they do. It is worth noting, Miami potentially in front of them with... uh, with uh, you know Tua being benched now a couple of times and trying right, to figure out... Houston's pick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Houston's pick, which is right now third overall. Uh, Atlanta being in front of them. Matt Ryan is not really the problem with that team, but he is getting older. He'll be cuttable after 2021. Mm. Uh, the Giants potentially being in front. Detroit potentially being in front. Carolina potentially being in front. Denver potentially being in front. All of those teams are 5-10. and 10. The Eagles are 4-10-1 with a very winnable game against Washington coming up, so they could well be 5-10-1. If the Eagles end up at 8, there's going to be a lot of maybe quarterback picks in front of them, so it's going to be tricky, but... You know, people, I, I, I tweeted about the Eagles drafting a quarterback, and people were like, stop it. That's ridiculous. There's no way. Oh, no. They're going to look into it hard. That's what oh, this definitely. front office made very, very clear. They're going to they're gonna go nuts about quarterback every single year. So why wouldn't they? And even if it's like they're going to look into it, and they may not fall in love with whoever is there left for them because it might be Justin Fields. Because, I mean, from what we know right now, Zach Wilson is probably going to be the second quarterback off the board. Mormon Manziel. Uh, who would just be exhilarating to watch uh, for the Eagles just because of his play style alone. But here's here's an idea for you. This is from Three Words. So every week we ask you, gentle listener, for your three words that describe uh, what just went down. And Joy Con Boys at playing underscore opossum, which is an interesting app there, says kiss for GM. So I'm going to put my GM hat on yeah, real do, quick. Please. Ben, what do you think of this move? 2021, your quarterback room. Well, you're two quarterbacks anyway. Jalen Hurts, hear me out, and, and 
Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is a free agent oh, coming into no, this no. offseason. Please, just no. once, just once. I want to be able to root for, for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Root in for Eagles him jersey. now. You're both, you're both old with big beards and <laughs> unnecessarily reckless. I, he's, he's exactly your sort of a guy. Man, I like, I, I, if, if they get to a point where it's, they're getting rid of Wentz, they have a spot, Nate Sudfeld is gone, and they're clearly not taking a quarterback, or they're out of position to get a quarterback. Right. Then, yeah, like, you go veteran, add, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is obviously a good one. The yeah. problem with Fitzpatrick is that he's usually better than your young starter. Right, that's right? He's that He's that baseline, <laughs> right? Exactly. And you, you don't necessarily want to be dealing with that. Uh, we know the Eagles had a tough time dealing with having a backup that was probably better than their starter this year, uh, even without <laughs> having seen the backup play. It's all um, we know, though. It's all we know is quarterback controversy. So why not just yeah. keep the party going? It's what we're comfortable with. <laughs> I just want a good quarterback who's good and everybody thinks he's good. I.e., I was about to say one of the three rookies, but absolutely none of them have a consensus. Dude, imagine if they take Trey Lance. Come on. Uh, yeah. the North, Dude, they can't. They can't. Yes. They literally can't. They, it's North yes. State. Yes. I know they can't, but imagine <laughs> what if they did. Okay, so they can't. But think about them it. doing it instead. All right. <laughs> North Dakota State quarterback Trey Lance. Oh, big armed, mobile tackle breaker. Sound like anybody you know? Let's go, baby, Trey Lance. <laughs> what about this? I'll Why give you one it? more draft question before uh, before we kind of transition out of this. Let's say the Eagles don't love the quarterbacks that are left on. Like, like, like let's say they beat Washington, or whatever the case may be, and it's like not one of the top three, or they don't love Justin Fields, or whatever the case is, Trey Lance. Do you trade back or are you sticking there drafting a Jamar Chase? I mean, so I I think uh, Jamar Chase is quite good. If the Eagles take Jamar Chase at seven, I'll be pleased as pie. Mm. With that said, trading back is always a good approach. Yeah. And this year, the top of the draft is, is fairly weak relative to, I think, previous years. So if you're getting somebody with a trade-up offer, I would largely consider taking that. Uh, and we're also going to be dealing with a lot of uncertainty at the top of the draft, same as we dealt with in the 2020 draft, in the sense that Jamar Chase hasn't played football in over a calendar year. Top linebacker Michael Parsons hasn't. Top two corner Caleb Farley hasn't. Top edge rusher Gregory Rousseau hasn't. These all, all, all these players chose to opt out knowing they were future top 15, top 20 picks of the 2020 college football season when given that option because of COVID and the inherent risks of playing in a pandemic. And so uh, with that uncertainty, it's better to have more swings at the bat than less. And it's going to be less damaging. You're less likely to get a worse player, in my opinion, if you do move back. I mean, if a team's moving up with all the quarterbacks off the board, that's very silly. But I mean, if they're going to do it, they're going to do it. So we might as well run with it. Uh, so yeah, I, I would be very down for that. Chase is good, though. You well, should yeah. watch Chase. He's a good, he's a good player. <laughs> yeah, I would not be upset about taking Chase at all. But I do understand the need to rebuild this doggone roster, as we talked about with the defense. So many holes there and, and offensively not fantastic either all right when we come back here on the kissed and solak show we're going to continue to react to this eagles cowboys loss in whatever fashion or manner that we choose we're just kind of winging it right now because this is a uh, different type of show with uh, all the implications of this loss that that's coming up next here on the kissed and solak show vacations can be tricky you already know how to book flights and hotels but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home you need a tool to get the most out of your time away that's where viator steps in you can book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. 
That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. And we are back here on the Kist and Solag show, episode 218, I believe. SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation, bringing it to you. Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak. Ben, uh, look, I mean, what do you want to talk about here? Because... The special teams was bad again. They're still not starting Jordan Mailata as a punt returner. They're not getting any juice there. Uh, there's the 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 offense was was interesting. You know, Jordan Mailata, actually, I, I kind of want to see where your head is at for him long term. Since we're kind of looking to the future. Yeah. You've got Andre Dillard who missed the entire year. By the way, how about Jordan Mailata planting Jalen Smith on GT Counter Bash and then making Donovan uh, Wilson make a business decision to get the heck down and out of the way. And then Mylotta get a piece of uh, Smith again on the first Miles Sanders touchdown uh, as the motion from Quez Watkins moved Jalen Smith right into another pool from him, rocked him, helped clear a path for a touchdown. Yeah. But you, I, I know that we're, we're kind of tepid on like he's a franchise left tackle and whatnot, but like we also are encouraged by the signs that we've seen from Mylotta left tackle being so important are you okay mm-hmm. plugging in Mylotta as your starting left tackle with Dillard kind of like as your break glass in case of emergency type right. of deal or are you addressing that uh, otherwise like kind of in the same way that you're like all right the combined effort the combined percent chance of right. Wentz maybe turning it around and Hurts maybe being good as a young player encourages me at quarterback you could say all right the combined chance of diller turning it around as an next first round pick plus my lattice growth as a young player makes me feel fine about left tackle um i remember saying a couple months ago like somebody asked me who's going to be their starting left tackle next year and i was like i think it's going to be diller like i think they're going to bring him into camp and, and compete for them and try to figure it out and everything uh everybody who listens should will know that i uh, I was not a fan of Dillard at Washington State. I was not a fan of the draft pick. I was not a fan of the trade-up. I didn't think that that was a, a good procedure. Uh, my lot has played better week in and week out. He's still is good rushers beat him quick because he's still technically a baby. He is. is a, his best reps come from being big, long, and strong, and fast. Uh, that's why you get those absolute knockouts on those poles. The Eagles, you look at their run spray chart against the Cardinals, and I'm sure against the Cowboys, they run Jalen Hurts to the right off of that, off of my lot of pulling as much as possible. It's the best thing they've got is my lot on the hoof. And, P- and like defenses have started to know, like there was a Cardinal safety that made a business decision on a screen. He saw my lot of coming. He said, I'm not, this is not worth it. It's my life. Like I can't do this. Uh, so that like him part of the running game on the huff screens all that if they continue to play with hurts he's going to continue to be very valuable in that offense in that college offense where you're getting him out on the run uh taking a 45 degree set and then lining up against a good pass rusher he continues to be an issue so they're gonna i think can't battle it my and dillard i would imagine my lot of wins it because i don't think dillard's good i don't think that that will be you know prime jason peters but you could have worse starting left tackle playing the league for sure and again if they continue to play the hurts style offense qb runs heavy screens that's gonna uh maximize his value so the eagles can't afford mm-hmm. to like bring in a marquee left tackle they also can't afford to bring in like a marquee cb2 i think someone uh put this in in three words and i'm trying to scroll up and find it here here it is mark yeah. at byu mckay mckay sorry mark uh trade back and then boy, his three words is trade back, arrow pointing, Sertan, uh, Sertan Jr. Is it Sertan? Sertan. 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 You're Sertan. supposed Sertan. to know this. You're the old Patrick, guy. His, his dad Sertan. used to play for the Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick Sertan Jr. Like draft is really the only way they can add unless they just bring in like a, a, a reliable, steady Eddie depth guy. But that's what they, th- they thought they were getting Nickel Roby Coleman 
and he's been a total bust here. So fix the cornerback position. What's what's in your head right All now right. as far as that goes? Yeah, I know. So that's very tricky. And that's that's kind of I wanted to ask you this. Yeah. You have enough money for one starting caliber free agent, right? Okay. You actually don't, but let's say you do. <laughs> right. I was playing around. The, by the way, I was playing around with a cap calculator for the Eagles. Yeah. And I gutted them. I mean, straight up gutting them. Every big contract that I could get rid of that wasn't like a total nonsensical type thing, I made that move. And I still felt at the end of it, I have to like redo literally every big deal on the roster just to get to a point where I could spend some money. So let's say that happens. What's your uh, what's your hypothetical there? Oh, I thought like if that happens with the cap being out, what's my hypothetical? It's like my ha- my hypothetical. Oh yeah, okay, I got you. Right. So <laughs> hypothetical. Thanks for paying attention, Ben. You're on. No, I was confused life. by how you phrased it, and then I realized what it was. Um, <laughs> okay, so you have enough money for one solid free agent. I won't say like top tier, but like a good free agent deal. You go in corner or wide receiver. Oh, oh, going corner. Yeah. I'm absolutely going corner. I think and, that's and- that. I, I think it's because you can probably spend cheaper at wide receiver and get better play. Of yes. course, that's trusting your, your pro personnel department, your coaching staff. But like if you can make a deal like the Raiders made with Nelson Aguilar this year, as an example. Right. And you can get that decent caliber play. That is much easier to do at wide receiver than it is to do a corner. In my I also opinion. think, too, you've got you're going to get Marquise Goodwin, who opted out due to COVID. Right. And like he's I'm not banking on him. I think that would be a bad strategy. But you've got, well, John Hightower has been a healthy scratch for three games. J.J. Arthago Whiteside is probably going to be gone. But you can see what you have in Quez Watkins, who is getting snaps over both of those guys. You can continue to see what you have in in Jalen Rager. I think the obvious choice there is to go quarterback. because I think you can get more out of wide receiver for cheaper than you can get dependable quarterback play. I think that's tougher. Yeah. Now, the bad news is there are going to be absolutely zero good free agent corners. Right. This is not Byron Jones, uh, James Bradbury, and Darius Slam the trade market. This is Patrick Peterson, Richard Sherman, Josh Norman, uh, Jimmy Smith, Mac Alexander, William Jackson. You're looking uh, for a cap casualty where yeah. like a guy might be a little bit long in the tooth, but like he you can you can plug him in and not pay all that much. Yeah. Kevin King, God no. Quentin Dunbar, <laughs> please no. Uh <laughs> All Gary better than Avante Maddox, by the way. I would sign the heck out of Gary and Conley, um, but that's probably because I still think he's good. I would, yeah. Too. So, it, so corner is if you're looking at like a potential trade back in the top ten, or like you end up picking at eight or nine or ten. You got Pat Sertan out of Alabama, who's high quality player, good, good impress. Feet aren't perfect, but they're quality. Hands are great, strong at the catch point. Uh, and Caleb Farley, who was really good for Virginia Tech in 2019, opted out. Uh, big body, Caleb Farley. I like him a lot. Six two, two ten. Uh, good in and off, good in press, good in zone, good at a lot of things. A, a good player to have if you're going to pitch changeups, which I don't really know if the Eagles are going to do that. But with Darius Slay getting older, I think they probably should yeah. look to play like not exclusively press man, but a little bit more off, a little bit more zone. So that that's the sort of player I would target. Um, Christian Wisniewski yeah. at the Wiz underscore Phil uh, PHI said mentioned Farley, so apparently that is a guy that people are watching. I have zero draft takes uh, right now as far as player evaluation, but who knows? Maybe yeah, we got to get you to stop watching, start watching some players, man. I know you're all big. I'm a producer now. I don't have to do <laughs> anything, but like, come on, we need to we need your draft takes. It's important. Do we? Do we? Because like, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, it was extremely freeing today, enjoying the tranquility of not having a single live tweet. About the Eagles during the game, and just who else you guys will tell it. us that the Eagles uh, that Jalen Rager has a bad attitude? Because I certainly won't. <laughs> Rager, but he does though. He he, he absolutely does. has a bad attitude, man. The biggest issue with Rager is attitude, and yeah. I would argue probably his interest in playing for the Philadelphia Eagles right now, which I a little bit like. I'm like, <laughs> sucks, man. Like <laughs> you got drafted to a really bad organization. I also would be kind of pissed. People um, forgave him of that so much because they just thought it was the core porter, uh, you know, poor quarterback the play. Core at quarterback TCU. play. Not that they've had great quarterback play in Philadelphia, but exactly, at the same yeah. time, like brother, Hey man, you know, pick that shit up a little bit. Let's get involved. Yeah, he's, he's 100% got to feel like, yo, I got out of TCU for this. Like, you know, like, come on. At least TCU is like interested in throwing me a slant from the slot. Like something <laughs> I could do. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so I, I, I do feel bad for him in that way, but also like, yeah, you got to a little bit understand that you're a rookie 
You know, you you're you're not the feature. You're not people aren't. You know, you're, the fan base doesn't love you. You gotta you know uh, take your lumps and like do your due diligence, walk yeah. the steps, as it were. You know, hurts through that end of game interception, targeting him, and he just kind of mm. chilled. Like he wasn't trying to make a tackle, and this is like brother. Mm. You know, you gotta you gotta come in with humility to the league, otherwise it's not gonna go well. And but the thing is, gonna, like people, he people is still are not, yeah. he's still like he catches the ball on a screen and he starts moving, like even his punt return, and yeah. you're just like that's one of the most explosive straight line humans that has been in an Eagles jersey for the last two years. You can't deny that. Except for Deshaun. Yeah. Sure. When he's, when right. he's like, but, for his right, but, but Deshaun snaps. caught one touchdown and then had lower leg soreness again. And so he didn't go back in the field again. <laughs> right. It's like, I, I don't really know. I hope I like not in a, I hope Deshaun's hurt way, but in a, I love Deshaun to death and I love him as an Eagle and I'll remember him forever way. I hope that was Deshaun's last play. Yeah, I agree. Right. That play. He's obviously done. Don't play next week. You're banged up. You're going to get caught because you can save money. And then ju- you can try to go somewhere else if you want. But honestly, just retire and have your last play in the league. And your last play as an eagle or your last play in the league be as an eagle catching an 80 yard bomb. Right. Where you tracked it perfectly. Caught it upfield shoulder bread basket. Broke Beautiful. a tackle. Jogged your way to the opposite <laughs> pie line. Flipped. And old man somersaulted across the goal <laughs> line. Like, come on. like That's that's the way to go out, Deshaun. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of going out, let, let's let's finish this up uh, with a couple of questions. So, Howie Roseman's job apparently isn't you know up in the air right now, and you can feel about that however you feel, and I don't blame you for for not loving it. But percentage wise, chances that Doug is back, chances that Jim Schwartz is back, and I'm assuming if Doug goes, that Schwartz is going to go too. So maybe we'll mm-hmm. start with Doug, and then we'll go to Jim if we need to. I would say seventy five percent chance Doug is back. Mm. I would say like 65% chance, 60% chance Schwartz, Schwartz is back. Schwartz mm. more likely to, you know, like Doug stays. So he fires Schwartz to be like, ha we did it. You know, because that's that's what you do when you're a head coach who almost gets fired. You subsequently fire a coordinator to, 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 you know, it's like a Don Brown <laughs> getting fired from Michigan. And when Michigan's defense has been great and Michigan's offense has been horrible. And it's like, yeah, good job, Jim Harbaugh. Like that was the problem, you know? Yep, got to sacrifice somebody to the gods to to appease them. So, yeah, I, I think it's lower. I think my chances for for Doug are more like fifty percent, which is like such a BS answer. But like, I have I have no clue, and I on I honestly believe people when they say that Doug doesn't care if he's fired or not. Doug's going to get another chance down the line. Super Bowl winning head coaches don't yeah. win on trees, right. and I'll, someone's going to take another swing. Yeah, listen, Doug's out here opening up massive throwing windows in the middle of the field. Yes. He was doing it for Wentz to a lesser degree. And that conversation and why with Wentz, they were like five man route concepts, spacing everywhere. Figure it out, Carson. Like, I don't know. There's been a lot of like, you know, Wentz had his plays that he likes and his plays that he doesn't and so on and so forth. Um, But I'll tell you the way that Doug has gotten players open for Hertz when they're not targeting the middle of the field, like at all is to me, a testament to to he's a good play designer he's he's a good play designer he's aggressive on fourth down so you could do a lot worse at head coach right now in the league than that yeah i agree does this jalen hurts thing the way that he kind of struggled in this game does that change your opinion of carson wentz at all and how he uh performed the season whether or not he was well, right the biggest problem so let, let's let's right let's say hurts played exactly as well as he did in this game the defense got a couple more turnovers the Eagles got a special teams touchdown, whatever. Uh, and the Eagles won it, beat the Cowboys. They go to play Washington next week. Washington has to start Taylor Heineke because Dwayne Haskins is atrocious and Alex Smith's still hurt. <laughs> and the play, Eagles yeah. beat that Washington team 13 to 9, right? Jalen Hurts plays as good of a game as he can against a good Washington defense. And the Eagles make the playoffs, get murdered by Seattle, but four years in the playoffs in a row. If Hurts had won the game against Dallas, such that they had the opportunity to win the division against Washington and then beat Washington. It would Hertz would walk into camp as the leading candidate for yes. QB one. Mm-hmm. He would be taking QB one snaps on day one of camp. In that Hertz loses the Cowboys game and then does not have that Washington opportunity. Again, let's say he plays just about as he has against Washington. I think now you're much more so like it's an even competition and we're going to rotate. You know what I mean? Whereas like if Hertz started a playoff game for you this year, you would have to walk in saying like, all right, it's going to be an open competition, but like Hertz is going to get the first looks and so on and so forth. So I think that that 
is 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 good for Wentz just in terms of news. I also think, you know, it, it, this doesn't merit saying because it's always been the case and we've talked about it 10,000 times, but obviously the Eagles didn't have one issue and it was Wentz and then Hurts coming in solved everything. We right. talked about how the offense seemed to play better for Hurts. We talked about how Hurts encouraged complementary football by not turning the ball over. We talked about how Hurts makes things simpler on uh, uh, your offense offensive players and also on your play callers because you can use his legs to solve right. problems for you and to get cheap and free yardage for you we talked about all of those things you go uh, and we also talked about how defenses were going to see it defenses were going to adjust to it and the in the offense was going to struggle because they lacked talent and that's what happened uh and so i also think that there is a, a a space here to say and i wrote about wentz in my winner's column as saying like this is a zero-sum game Every bad play for Hurts is good news for Wentz. Every good play for Hurts is bad news for Wentz. There's no way we can ignore that reality. Right. Right? Nobody's going to publicly say it, but that's the case. And so, yeah, I mean, this is good news for Wentz. Does it change the fact that Wentz was bad? No. I was going to say three words just came in. Uh, Matt Fisher at EaglesFanatic76. You're tagged in this too, so I'm assuming this comes from your retweet of it. Apologize to Wentz. Hey, Matt. No. I won't. When, like again like I, I, no like I, no I will like Wentz I'm very sorry all of this happened it sucks there's a ton of reasons why that your life got difficult sure. at the same time play better and you don't get benched like this Correct. is welcome to the pro sports league baby like the, you know it's, <laughs> that's about how that goes you know uh, yeah speaking of play better or, or you'll get benched shout out Brett Toth at right tackle next week because Matt Breyer <laughs> like you know what I mean like that's oh man rough Breyer I really. Like if if the Eagles season were not imploding the way it has, a lot of people would care a lot more about my preseason Matt Pryor takes where I was like, he can be a functional guard. Nah. <laughs> All right, Ben. So that I think that uh, does it for the, the meat and potatoes here of this uh, recap of the Eagles loss to the Cowboys that kicks them out of playoff contention. Uh, again, the game next week still matters for the NFC East, just not for the Eagles. Uh, ben, any last three words that you wanted to touch on? Any last words for the gentle listeners, or you just want to say goodbye to the gentle, gentle listeners? Up to you, man. Take it where you want. Yeah, no, I have a, a, a annoyed traveler at mild underscore opinions. Kelsey is deaf. Uh, Eagles have a lot of false starts against the Cowboys. Eagles have had a lot of false starts over the last couple of weeks. It's five Wor- this week. Yeah, worth noting that playing in AT&T Stadium, which is one of the louder stadiums this year with the amount of people they get to keep in there, plus it's a dome. Uh that affects things when you're used to playing in quieter stadiums. Also, uh, when you put a new quarterback in and his cadence is slightly different, uh, it's going to affect how the hard count sound and what the pacing is between the count, the cadences, so on and so forth. Uh, that was a lot more excusable in the Saints game. We're three weeks in. You should know Jalen Hurts' cadence. Uh, so it, excuse me. So it'd be interesting to go back and see what has led to some of these false starts, but I think that's probably a combination of factors. Uh, Hanks at I'm the Trout Man. <laughs> okay. Uh, fancy cam alert. They had, they had the little portrait mode cam camera yeah. on the thing. Dude, that, that thing's, thing's awesome. Sexy. Like when, it, when they started, the first shot we saw was Boston Scott in the end zone. And I legitimately mm-hmm. for a second said, is this Madden? Like, right. Yeah. It was- uh, everybody's always like, yo, am I tripping? <laughs> the first time they see it like what is my head doing they well, did have the one shot though where like mm-hmm. they, they didn't get the focus right and it was all focused on the crowd and not like the player in front of them so that was weird but otherwise that thing looks freaking creepy gorgeous just think about how awesome like those gifts are going to be on twitter in a couple months right like, uh-huh. when, do you want to tweet a gif of miles sanders you're gonna search miles sanders you're gonna see that shot of yep. sanders after he scored the touchdown it's like that's such a clean look. The Jalen Hurts one with the cartoon of Jalen Hurts and right. that camera. That is yeah. fire. <laughs> no, it was a good All time. Right. Um, Any other ones there as you're uh, looking through? Joe McDonald at this is Joe Max says butts, butts, butts. Yeah. Uh, Feel that. Yeah. Philosophizing in the mentions. I appreciate it. <laughs> Nick at Nick Buckley 77 says let's do 69. Uh, oh, the ref. Yeah. Yeah. The. <laughs> Rass were on a hot mic talking about how they were going to call Matt Pryor for a uh, false a false start, and they said, uh, "What we're going to?" They do said 69? something. They said something uh, before it, and then they also like they agreed. They're like, All right, let's do sixty nine. Like, here we go, team. Let's, <laughs> let's do sixty nine. Here we go. 
uh, which I enjoyed. So yeah, now uh, the season's over. Play Washington. Hope that Brandon Graham gets two more sacks and gets 10 yeah. sacks on the season. Let's That's go. the goal from here on out. Silver linings. Say goodbye to the gentle listeners. Yeah, thank you as always uh, for listening to the Kiss and Solak show here on BGN Radio. Uh, this is what we do. We do the post-game show after the Eagles lose and the Eagles win, and we're going to do it one more time for you. Uh, As regular listeners know, but infrequent listeners may not, uh, Kiss is now the big boss at SB Nation for all team podcasts. He is moving on to greener and better pastures. We're very excited for him, um, but that means when the Eagles season ends, uh, so does his time here on the BGN radio feed. And of course, with the Eagles knocked out of the playoffs now, we do know that the Eagles season ends next week. So you'll have one final preview show from Mike and I, one final recap show from Mike and I, and then I don't know, we'll probably do some sort of goodbye thing, maybe in one of those shows, maybe not. We we make up the podcast as we go. You think we plan right. podcasts in advance? I never know what I'm talking about at this stage. Um, <laughs> but yep, Eagles season is over. Kiss until I show is over. Crying to your pillows. We don't care. Uh, he's been Michael Kist on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL's KST. I've been Benjamin Solak on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That is S O L A K. Drive home safe. Tip your waitresses. Uh, Uber if you're drunk. Go birds. We all we got. We all we need. Fly, Eagles, fly. You thought I was going to do a not for much longer. I didn't do it this time. Yeah. Keep on your toes. Yeah, that's right. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. That's... P-G-N. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts.